Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You're listening to Comedy Central. Now hiring. In an effort to increase enlistment, the United States Army has increased their enlistment bonus to $50,000 in an effort to compete with corporate America. Huh. So you can be an NCO? We talking a non-commissioned officer coming in with 50 large? The max enlistment bonus used to be 40000 based on what job you chose mm-hmm. in the Army, and now they're up in the pot. To 50K, third, I would imagine somewhere in there you get to be a little NCO lieutenant, second lieutenant or something, get a little razzle-dazzle on your shoulders. If there's ever a time to sneak into the Army real quick, the first two years going to be on the house. Yeah. Unless you special forces, you ain't really getting shot. There's no general desert mountain fight happening right now. None. Okay. There's pockets of shit. There's there's secret fights going on. JG's right. There are some some little skirmishes going on all over the place. I I, I agree with that. I say this, man. The only real secret that my family ever had about joining the military, make sure you go in as an officer. If they're giving you 50K to go in NCO, that means they're going to give you a little bit more if you go through OCS and go to training school. That's all I'm saying. Be all you can be, but go in as an officer. No disrespect to the NCO dudes, because y'all will see me in the street and throw Newport butts at me, and I ain't with that life. Oh, my gosh. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Don't you disrespect the NCOs, man. NCOs, man, they, they make everything go, man. Them, them dudes, man, they make it go. But but Russia and Ukraine, Putin, he's not playing any games, and I don't think Listen, I want to fight with him. I'm not saying that there aren't new assholes around the corner. There always are. But there's a restructuring after you take down one regime. It's two years of of decent quasi peace. And then the shit stirs up again. And then around year four, year five, we're in full blown war and there's a new place to invade. So at least if you're going to join the army, join right now and get two years on the house. My question is this. You want to give people more money, fine. But don't tell me it's to compete with corporate America. Mm. There's not a lot of ways. That's fair. Other than solid retirement, I don't really know how the Army competes with a corporate job. I can't think of that many corporate jobs that'll be like, all right, I'm so glad you finished up your stint in the mailroom. We're sending you to war. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) What happened to Frankie in accounting? You didn't know? He's a POW. We gotta go oh in and get Frankie from across the street. You didn't get that memo? You didn't get the memo? My name is Roy. This is my job for you. We got a theme this week. Oh, God. You know, we normally don't have a theme, but this is the first themed episode of the Deuce Deuce. Uh, 
We're going to focus on the world of mentorship. Mm-hmm. Mentoring. I believe the cheering is our future. That's all of the song I can sing for free. Before the lawyers make me delete the segment. It's, it's a noble job. Much like the military, it is a selfless job, you know, deciding to step forward and do things for other children that may not have or have had the same opportunities that you did growing up. You know, uh, myself, third, I had an opportunity when I was doing morning radio in Birmingham. You know, we were the young station. We was the rap hippity hop station, as they say. And we worked with the city of Birmingham Division of Youth Services on a regular basis doing outreach. Shout out to the homie Cedric Sparks. Or is it Cedric? I don't know. You know the Cedrics. They get all, you know, some of them, (laughs) some of them Cedrics want to be Cedrics and they get all, you know, I don't want to piss nobody off. Uh, But it's, it's a job like anything else. You go out, you put in your eight hours, Mm -hmm. you get a check. And, you know, we're going to speak with some people today who can speak to the ups and downs of that. There's a company in New York City that is hiring for what I consider to be, damn third, this got to be the most intense mentorship program yes it it, it might be the toughest mentorship program i've ever seen it's not tough in a way where it's like oh no but like the the commitment is so serious like i'm it's impressive personally that's because but that's how they get the results though is that it's literally whatever you whatever adoption is scale it back a day (laughs) and that's pretty much what this company is like they're basically a company that wants you to seriously be, because you can't in and out. And I, I'll be honest, man. And, and third, I want to hear your story on this because I know you've had more experience with this than me. I tried to coach a middle school soccer team in college as a part-time job, and I was done after two games. No. There is a patience I, uh, <laughs> that I don't possess. I proudly, proudly coached a winless team, soccer team. <laughs> Um, Why does that matter? Why proudly, did you have to add winless? Probably because they didn't win a damn game. Um, it was. Uh, Why are you shitting on the kids? I am not sitting on the kids. They have all grown you up to be. They have the all kids. grown up to be wonderful individuals. But you got to put it in perspective. Like I right. proudly coach a bunch of talentless hey, adolescents. Hey, one of them turned out to be a capoeira maestress, so he learned something <laughs> about kicking from me. That's all that matters. Like so, fair enough. All right, so they were uh, we were at Baloo High School, Southeast DC. Shout out Baloo. And uh, they gave us the money to run a soccer team. And uh, they gave us, it was a really sweet deal. We had a pro move with uh, DC United, all that kind of good stuff going on. But the reality that I claim to understand in the moment is that easily the hardest thing to do is teach 12 kids from the hood who have never played soccer a day in their life how to play soccer. Mm. Um, it was about mid-season. Like, they were literally catching balls in the air like receivers in the middle of a soccer game. <laughs> and what made it bad is, like, the parents are on the sideline who also don't know anything about soccer yelling at, why my boy can't play? He want to get a handball, oh. too. He need to get a handball. You need to let him go in there and get a handball. Hey, Mr. Cooper, you hear me? You wanted to quit, but I've, but I've said <laughs> to you before, and I, and I mean it, like, um, all that time that I was teaching, all that time that I was coaching down at Baloo, uh, I genuinely cherished those that that time. And those kids, to this day, I normally don't even joke about that experience down there because for those kids, it was real life. Like, it was real. Yeah. Um, whereas for me, I could go home and kind of joke about it, but I ain't going to lie. Some nights you went home and kind of cried. Like, oh. this, this is there real. Is, there are a lot of places in this country where a mentor might be the only positive influence in that child's orbit Yeah. every day, every yeah. week, every month. So, you know, we're really going to unpack that today. Also, uh, my little brother, Justin, he'll be back on joining the two-timer club. Uh, Justin was a mentor for quite a while uh, for Growing Kings, which is a program in Birmingham, Alabama. And they mentor specifically, I think it's 12 to 16. I call it the gang years. <laughs> like, respectively. See, don't laugh. You're making, see, don't, <laughs> you're, you're making me sound like an asshole. I, respectfully. I mean, no, go ahead. The, that middle school through like sophomore year of high school, that, that range where you lose so many youth. Uh, there's a, he can talk about the statistic, but whatever it is in Birmingham, 12 to 16 is when that, that's like the last chance to really hook them in and really get them pointed in a positive direction. JG, 
wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I coached for free a winning team. Thank you. And what sports? <laughs> T-ball. We were five and five. It was yeah, just wayward youth. Hey, five and five is not. They were wayward. Team. Trust five me, they were wayward. <laughs> My lord. One of those games, me and the other skipper had some words, and I had to realize that we were in front of some children. It was a winning team. So I gave up the week. Arguing about T ball. Why are you on the field yelling? I wasn't deranged baseball manager. (laughs) I did not yell. We had a valid conversation because he had corporate talk. Oh, yes. We oh, it was so corporate. It was so corporate. I did. I don't see it, Roy. You could tell me you see it, but I don't see it. I don't see it. Whatever. We were I winning. She, she went hard I don't, I don't see how you. <laughs> okay. I can't. I can't wait to find out the highs and lows of this world and um, what this company is hiring for, and um, also some of the potholes of it. Because I mean, I can tell you right now, JG, I didn't went on dates with women with children. I couldn't. Even. <laughs> Put up with the it. boy long enough to get some ass. I was like, Talk about, about it. Couldn't I couldn't even fake interest in this kid long mm-hmm. enough to have sex, mm-hmm. let alone be selfless and have my phone on at all times. Like that so I support where I can in amplifying the people that do that, mm-hmm. try to make my donations where I can. So, you know, we do that. Uh before we get to our first guest, it's time for Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. Jacqueline. Yes. Oh, gosh. It always scares me. Who is my favorite politician right now? He is the current mayor of New York City. Eric Adams. (laughs) At it again. You got swag. You got swag. Every week, if he does something, I'm... Yo. I ain't never met nobody three weeks into their job just firing off. Just talking crazy. Yo, he's a true sign of, of, of uh, what's the word, equality? You know what I'm saying? Like, because he's, he's literally- Quality. Like Trump, because he's just proved, like, Trump was crazy for four years. He's like, my turn, motherfucker. Like, he is on it. He That dude is, he was wild. So, now, what? again, this is not criticism of him yet, because this man just got an office. Mm-hmm. You got to get your pieces in place. Let's see how your policies hit after a year or two, and then we can make some fair criticisms on whether or not you've done the job. But this man, every week, there's a camera in front of him, and he does not- disappoint jg (laughs) what has he done this time so first off nyc mayor at nyc mayor on twitter very interesting follow he like just videos himself like buying fruit from street vendors at three in the morning like he definitely he's like he in these streets he's a man of the people he (laughs) ride the subway and shit so in chicago right now uh, there's a big argument going on between Mayor Lori Lightfoot and the Chicago Teachers Union. They're threatening a strike based mm-hmm. on the COVID protocols and the infection rates and the lack of testing. And the teachers don't want to come back in the classroom. They want to go remote. And Lori Lightfoot is like, nah, y'all getting y'all ass in that classroom. I don't give a damn. So a similar conversation is happening in New York City mm-hmm. between the teachers union and the mayor. And so when asked about this issue of whether or not they would go remote and Eric Adams has gone on the record and saying, we're trying to figure it out. He's not going Lori Lightfoot and going, fuck y'all, get y'all ass in the class. Eric Adams is much more chill about it. And he said at a press conference, quote, we are communicating with each other, the city and the teachers, because we both are emotionally intelligent and we can resolve this. This is New York. This is not Chicago. End oh quote. no! Shots fired. Shots fired. Nicely done. No. Nicely done. No. Eric Adams, you need a little rivalry. This ain't that Chicago versus deep dish versus New York style pizza shit. This is you and your teachers are stupid. Me and my teachers, we go. It's the perfect negotiating tool, Jacqueline, because he's put his own teachers union on a pedestal so they at least feel respected within the negotiation. Even if that means stepping on Chicago. Why I give a shit about Chicago? I run New York. I ain't got to come to Chicago. Yes, he will eventually have to go there. If they have one of those mayor's conferences there, he's going to Chicago and they're going to put him in a ready hotel. Lightfoot is five foot one. What's she going to do? Swing on him? Oh, hold up, B. Don't you, wait a minute. Hold up, hold up, bro. Hold up, bro. You can't, you can't discount, you can't discount Lori Lightfoot 
on Vice, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, she, she, you know what I'm saying? She got Chicago ties, bro. This is the last time you ever see the mayor drop gang shit in a press conference. You just see her do it. She dropped, she dropped them just, she dropped all Vice on them that was one time. I have a confession. Go. This is so awful, but it's true. I just want to get her some concealer and I will be better about this. That's all I got to say. Did not just queer eye for the straight guy, Lori Lightfoot. Did we you can't just... do no makeup, no extreme makeover for the mayor. She the mayor. That's of how you know she's working for the people. Jack. No, she ain't got no, time no, no, for no. foundation. Them rings under her eyes represent hard work. Hard work. Research proves the better mm. you look, the more people listen to you. And Research. I think if we do something with mm. her, it would help. Mm. And then also look at the CDC director. When um, she started out, oh my gosh, it was a hot mess. Now that woman is glammed up and everybody's paying attention to her, although the messages are mixed, but whatever, they're listening. Research proves that Lori Lightfoot don't care about how she looked. I'm gonna tell you that right now, <laughs> on stone. She don't give a shit. <laughs> she don't give a shit. That's the hardest woman in government. For talking that shit? No. Yes, sir. And letting Chicago know that y'all ain't nowhere on the level of New York City said this shit at a podium. He ain't say this <laughs> coming out of a restaurant or some TMZ gotcha mumbled under his breath. He said it at a podium. Landed. We are communicating because we are both emotionally intelligent. This is not Chicago for talking that shit and letting folks know what New York City is all about. Mayor Eric Adams, you are Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. I disagree. I, I don't. I don't know. I recognize oh, the fruit stand he was at the other night. I might pull up. That's all. Nice. Next time. See, come out the right bodega. You know what I'm saying? With a chopped cheese. You just having to run into my man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that dude. Why is he out at three in the morning? Because he's the mayor and he cares the about the constituents. Just what? like Jesse was out at two in the morning. But okay, nope. go ahead. No. Nope. You're not going Jesse Smollett. No. Nope. No, you are not. No, you were not Jesse, on those Jesse hustled backwards. Jesse hustled backwards. He, and Eric Adams ain't been out in the snow yet. So there. <laughs> Worse than first time. This is the part of the show where we invite you, the job fair listener, to come on and, you know, share with us either your worst job or your first job. This brother we're going to have on now, he's going to come back with us later in the show to break down what his company does with regard with regards to mentorship, but I want to get a bad job out of him first. JG, who do we have here? We have Gary Clemens, and he's the executive director of Friends of New York. Oh, and I got a lot of questions. Gary, welcome to the job fair, brother. How you doing? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me. Good to see everyone. I'm sorry you had to hear all that bickering. <laughs> That's what we do here on this show. So, you know, his company, essentially what they do, they connect, is it, it's not at risk youth. It, it's it's youth that have been impacted it's, by systems. So their parents have been impacted by systems. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And they connect them with mentors who are assigned with them for as long as 12, 12 years. years. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we talking long term. That's, that's stepdaddy yeah. land yeah. at that point. What? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That, that's totally fair. Mm. Step something. <laughs> it's a very, very dope organization. And we are going to talk with you on the other side of Rod about your company and everything that you do. But I am interested in, you know, who you were before you started this organization. You know, how did what was that first job that really stands out for you or that mm. or that terrible mm. one at some point in your life? In college, my freshman year in college, I was an athlete, so I was dead broke, and they had a, um, a job posting where you can work for UPS, but you had to work um, from 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. unloading the trucks. And since it was $15 an hour, I was like, sign me up. What this year is this? 90. Or the ballpark? 90, 94, probably 94. Yeah. Oh, so minimum wage was four yeah, and a exactly. quarter. Yeah, exactly. Four and a quarter. Four. You got it. In, in California, four and a quarter. Mm. So you made yeah. triple. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. Okay. But I had class at nine. So I showed up for the first day and they put you in back of like a big trailer, one of those big trailers that a guy was just. Oh, you're unloading the yeah. 18 wheeler, the regional yeah. truck that comes to the distribution exactly. center to get put on the smaller yeah. brown yeah, trucks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my. Back yeah. just so, so that was something too. Cause oh. like when I first started working there and they hired me, I was like, Oh yeah, I want to do the truck thing. He was like, nah, you gotta, you gotta work here for a while before you start delivering stuff. 
And so he put me on the back of the truck and then the, the truck has a conveyor belt down the middle of it. And he's just like, I'll come back in a little while, but just un just keep unloading. So I just was like unloading for like 45 minutes, an hour. And then, you know, he come back and check on me a couple of times, but I finished the truck. And I thought I was like done. And he was like, cool. And they put another <laughs> truck. They put another truck in. <laughs> and I was just doing this. And then I, I unloaded two trucks in that uh in that time period, I think the three and a half hours. And um, and he was like, he's like, good job. You know, normally when you get up there, you get up to like three and a half, four trucks. I came back the next day, did it again. The third day I didn't show up. I was done. I said, nah, I ain't doing that no more. Teenagers <laughs> ain't shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but guess what though like it, this made me find out how strong the union is you know you join the union and a dude called me mm. for two weeks like if we did something wrong Gary you can come back you still got your job and I was like man <laughs> he was like we support you and this is yeah. in the 90s and I was like, like man I care about you. back man I was like <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. But yeah, man, that that was it. I, that's why mm -hmm. I, I knew I want to do. Shout out to my dad and everybody else that does uh, physical labor. But I was like, I ain't doing that. That's that's not that's not what I'm gonna do. Did you make it to class? No, nope, I missed time. class both those two days too. So, so that's why it was all bad. It, was all, <laughs> it ruined my whole day. Yeah, I, I appreciate when people deliver to when UPS people deliver. I know how what it's been through. Okay, you were only there a short time, but how much stuff did you break? I didn't check. I was just, I was just throwing it. I was just doing it. I didn't, I don't know. That's a good question. But some of those boxes are really heavy though. Like even a small box, you try to pick it up, and it's, it's, yeah. Now you said you were were an athlete, point blank. What was worse, the two or three days at UPS, or or that practice, that first practice, getting back into shape, going into UPS. School, which was worse? UPS. Yeah, you mm. play. I play. I play college football, and I pick you. Uh, yeah, UPS is way worse. UPS worse than yeah. college football in terms of physical yeah. exertion. Wow. It was tough. It was yeah. Shout out to the union folks, first of all, because I also learned the hard way that if you go in there and you take the minimum wage job, you get what you get. But if you go in there and you sign up with the union, oh, your paycheck look way different. Um, <laughs> way different. After the break. The homie Narado, a.k.a. Rob for sure, to give us some topics that you can discuss with your co-workers at the job. Also, my brother Jay Wood will be on for Scam of the Week. Uh, and uh, we'll be back in a minute, man. Gary, we're going to talk to you in a second on the other side of Rod's Job Fair. We'll be right back. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Job fair, we back in it. Mentoring this week is the name of the game. I like that, Brother Gary. I'm excited to talk to him a little later in the job fair portion of the show. We can find out a little bit more about his company and what he's doing to pay people well to help the cheerings. I would be the cheerings is the future. Be nice to them because they'll kick your ass. What? That's how I know I'm getting they rob you. That's how I know I'm getting They will older. rob you blind. Cause I be, no. you don't be like, I'm be honest. Like there's days where if it's like too many, like 18 year olds on the subway platform, I'm like, all right, let me stand down on this side. Cause, I, Cause I'm gonna kill one of them, but the rest of them gonna get me. <laughs> like that's Uber uh, everywhere. I'm gonna be real. Like when I see a group of niggas, I be like, all right, which one I'm gonna kill. I can't I, I, to I, think. Because people is crazy, and you and your first thought, especially when it's like a young kid that be wilding out and talking hella crazy, mm -hmm. one that you know that you could just grip up because he a little skinny bit thing, pull his pants up and beat his ass at the same time. I know where it's coming from. Yes, I don't. Yeah, I, don't boy be wild. I don't fuck with unmentored teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> you know them when you see them. I can't explain it, but you know it when you see. It. And this ain't just a black thing. I don't fuck with them white ones either. Nah. 
talking mm-hmm. loud on the bus and shit. I ain't finna tell no teenagers to be quiet. That is one of the most courageous things you can do on public transit is tell a group of teenagers, y'all need to keep it down. You be oh, like, nah, what? you be a bad TikTok video fast. Or else what? <laughs> fast. Either that or you got to turn into the Cleveland bus driver, that dude that knocked out that 14-year-old oh, girl. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah you going to jail now. What? <laughs> you going to jail. Hit a, like, ball bull, nigga. <laughs> 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 Think about that uppercut from his goddamn pinky toes, nigga. Talk about it, <laughs> that voice is the man who comes on every week to help us break the ice with co-workers of the opposite race at mundane jobs. Smoking on the square right now, and are you sipping on something this time, Rod? You got a little something in the cup, or is it just... Yeah, man, I've uh, been delving into to the old Japanese whiskeys. Okay. It's the new year turn, so I got a little little Suntory going Shout on. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Yeah, on the rocks. Dama uh, Origato Hashitashi to you as well. Hashitashi. <laughs> Shout out to Martin Lawrence. Rod, which way you want to go this week? Let's um let's kick it up. Matter of fact, let's give something for the white folks to talk to their black co-workers about. You know what, man? This week got a special one. Got a, yeah, I got old double dose for everybody. Something that's a part of the zeitgeist for people of all races right now. Okay. Love your big words, brother. We, I love big uh, words. You know, I got, I got to flex that 1430 on the SATs every now and again. So, um... We're we going to start it off with the pandemic because we, we're still, you know, it's still going on. Things are quieted down and they're wrapping up, going back and forth, but we're still in a pandemic. And uh, right now, there's a man by the name of Pastor Mike Todd from the Transformation Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, no, I know who you're talking about. Black oh. mega church type deal. JG, you're not ready. So recently... <laughs> Pastor Mike was giving a sermon about how sometimes when you receive a blessing from God, things might get nasty. And to further illustrate his point physically, he hopped spit into his hands so far, so far. and rubbed it all over the face of another parishioner who turned out to be his baby brother. To illustrate the point that sometimes when God sends you a blessing, it might get nasty. And I just don't, I don't support this in a pandemic or out of a pandemic, but that's some wild shit right there, buddy. Twitter went, that's disgusting. Twitter went bananas on this man. <laughs> they went bananas. But that's the thing, man. We talked about that during Jesus week, man. These sneaker preachers, they, they different. These ain't your granddaddy's <laughs> preachers now. Yeah. Hey, I don't, like, you'd made the point already. Why do you need to spit in your hand and then rub it on my face? First off, that whole coming up to see the pastor in front of everybody so he can embarrass you. Can we stop that? Mm. That's the, mm. see, and that's the part of church. Like, now we get into a bigger discussion, but that's, the, <laughs> I'm with everything with church and then and, and heal. And if you feel like it does something for you, fine. But why I got to come up here for you to, for you to, fucking Cleveland bus driver me in the face, <laughs> just to get the blessing. Why can't you just touch me gently on the way out the church and heal me? <laughs> Why is it this big ass show and y'all walking up there and letting this man make a monkey ass fool of you for the sake of some likes and retweets? And you know more people gonna come to the church now. There's no bad. Yeah, there's no bad publicity. I mean, I, I have a theory that church grifters have to expose that they're crazy because uh-huh. there's just no other way to do it. It almost seems like whenever somebody's using God for some bullshit, he curses them to never be able to show their faith with some normal shit. You gotta do mm. weird shit like rub spit in somebody's face. Further Let's boosted by the it. fact that it was his brother, which means that no matter how much money people have given him, no matter how much people follow his word, 
spitting in the face is just a little much even for them. So you got to get your brother in on it now. Because y'all got to show that the, all, the whole family's got the spirit. Because he didn't just spit in his face. He spit in his hand three times and then rubbed it on his face like Rafiki did when he blessed Simba. You know what I mean? I mean, he painted he that face with his spit. <laughs> he apologized in the video. You can come back, Jacqueline. You can come back. We're done. Uh, Come, come on back, Jacqueline. It's safe. Now. So nasty. Put your so, back on. <laughs> Pastor Todd apologized. I don't know if it was later that day or on Monday. He said, quote, I just wanted to acknowledge what happened yesterday when the spit hit the fan. I watched it back and it was disgusting. So like that was gross. And he said that it will not happen again. And you know, it's not right when receiving God vision can become nasty. On a Twitter post, he also said, quote, it was never my intention to distract others from God's word and the message of Jesus, even with illustrations. I apologize for my example being too extreme and disgusting, end quote. That means he was on coke when he thought of that. You know that, right? Because right. if you have to do I watched the video and realized it was gross. If you couldn't figure out that shit was disgusting when you thought that I'm going to spit in my hand three times and rub it on somebody's face, if that didn't make you think it was gross, that boy was coked to the gills when he came up. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to watch this, but I have one question. Did his brother not hit him back? No, he, he knew it was coming. No. Bro knew it was coming. Oh, no. no. Bro knew it was coming. His brother is in on the grift. He knows. You gotta make some sacrifices if you wanna keep getting six figures a year doing this bullshit. I promise you he looked at his brother and was like, hey man, so I got this crazy idea in the middle of my sermon. I'ma spit on your face. And the brother was like, nah. And he was like, but you wanna keep that Yukon. <laughs> Let's pray about it. This this like this, this is so disgusting. I don't even think there's a porn category for this. Like even if like this doesn't even exist consensually anywhere in society. <laughs> As a, the most spit gets involved in sex is spitting in somebody's mouth. There is no just spitting all over somebody or category. Some, or some quick Why would you do This that? also is a quick lube. Why yeah. not? Well, you might like this next story. Let's okay. flip it up. Now, the second story that's going on for everybody is um, recently an, an undisclosed Instagram model came out and told everybody the tale of when she recently had sex with Drake, which is a part of the, the symptom of people being willing to just embarrass the hell out of themselves for a little bit of fame. So the girl says that she and Drake went to a party and, uh, you know, they had a good time. Went back to his hotel for some sex. Uh, he put a condom on. They did their thing after they got a little high. He went to the bathroom and threw the condom away. And then she went full groupie mode and went into the bathroom, fished the condom out of the trash can to stick it back up inside of her and get pregnant on the low. What? Then she said it started to feel like she poured hot lava into her vagina because apparently Drake, smarter than the average bear, poured hot sauce into the condom before oh, he threw it away. No. So she threw some Louisiana's finest in her snooch hole and uh, <laughs> burned any <laughs> chance of getting <laughs> pregnant away as Jacqueline holds Like up it was Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> she had that pussy all the way. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. So, I can't... She put her face to this story. Oh, bruh, uh, if I may, ride, can I can I? Because I want to call bullshit, but if she put her face... Oh, oh, no, oh, no, brother, oh, no, brother. How real it was is that Drake went to Instagram to diss the shorty on some old 15 minutes of fame. On the low. Get, he seemed to have confirmed it. He said he posted a pic and said, right. you can have your 15 minutes of fame. I'll take the other 23 hours and 45 minutes. Wow. Oh, no. Game. Game. Wow. That that I, I am not a Drake fan, but if he did that because of that, that is Bill Clinton level of game. That is game. Who does I that? Guess... I, I have the other 23. Who does what she did? So many women. Okay. 
Really? He's the famous one on the podcast. Boy, how many times have the girl tried to sneak a condom on you and get herself pregnant? Not that I know of, but I also just went to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what happens on the other side of that. My ass be snoring. I'm out, bro. (laughs) I think what we do have to appreciate, though, is Drake's care and concern for the environment because you shouldn't flush condoms because the turtles might choke on them. And also... You know it's bad for septic systems. So destroys the pipes. So kudos to Drake. And he's there being very environmental by making sure he just don't just have children running around here like that either. He learned from the first time. Why not rinse the condom off and like I don't like rinse it out? Because water doesn't kill sperm. Air does. But am I the only one wondering if? He just keeps a bottle of hot sauce for this reason only. He might have with the church. Like, he might have, you know, you know how like he just a keep a bottle of hot sauce in the wallet. He might have a little pack of church's hot sauce in there next to the magnums. Son, son. <laughs> 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 I see that dude with a Taco Bell sauce. He got a Taco Bell hot sauce in his back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what might happen. You never know what might his happen. His podcast is Uncle Rod Story Corner. Rod, as always, thank you, brother. Rod, the number four short on all social media. Uh, I believe that you also keep a pack of hot sauce. Um, Wait a minute, I have a question. You sure you want to ask? You sure you want to ask a question after all this craziness? Yes, it's a very valid question. What does this have to do with mentorship? Drake obviously had a great mentor. More, there's more famous athletes and rappers. Never mind. And actors who need to follow Drake's lead. He damn sure need to hit Tristan Thompson up. That nigga didn't strip us pregnant. He needs, Tristan Thompson needs to reach out to Drake and let Drake be his damn mentor. You're right, dude. I was keep wrong. a side baby on Chloe. <laughs> he keeps a side baby. Him, be Wade, all of them. Hit up, follow Drake's lead. Oh, shit. My gosh! No, that's not nice. All of Drake's leads. No! What I do? D Wade have the side baby a secret or something? I mean, (laughs) his girl talks about it. I can't talk about it. (laughs) Right. You are a mentor to us. Mentor. Oh, mental. <laughs> what else I can do to help, man? I'm, you know, I'm just God's vessel. You know, tell him, bro. I just here to help. He's just man. speaking through you, man. He's just speaking through you, That's bro. It. He's just speaking through you. Okay, All right, right. We'll get with you next week. All right, bless yes, up. Thank you. Halfway, thank you. Bless up. Scam of the week time. <laughs> we welcome back on my little brother Jay Wood. Uh, Justin joined us before on the show. Um, talking about the dangers of the fallout of what happens after you love in the workplace and it doesn't work out and you still got to clock in and face some same people. A lot of real talk, a little chaotic, but worthwhile discussion on the same. little trivia fact about my little brother, Jay Wood Third: He was a professional mentor. He has done the job that our brother uh, Gary is going to explain a little bit more after the break, but Justin, I wanted to bring you on to talk a little bit about some of the downsides of it and if there's any scams you've seen run in that world. First, break down the program in Birmingham that you were a part of and how you came to be a part uh, of it. I did a little jail time, Once Upon a Life. And um, while I was sitting in prison and I'm reading the Birmingham magazine, and I see this young man that I grew up with in the magazine. Mm-hmm. He started a mentorship program in Charlotte, North Carolina. So fast forward, I get out of prison like that same month or whatever. And I couldn't find a job, blah, blah, blah. And this went on for like a year. So he ends up moving back to Birmingham and in the throes of that, I'm being a terrorist on social media. (laughs) And so like, I'm just giving people hell, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's something. Just arguing with folks about insignificant shit shit to levels of significance that Right. So talked about this in the past. So in 2013 or 14, Roy tells me to get a camera and to take pictures of my homeboy Terry doing comedy. (laughs) And so I start doing that and I start messing with editing and all of this stuff. And Marcus, the guy who runs, who's running the program, he's watching me from afar. He's also seeing me mature 
Mm. You know, like in ways that I can't see myself in some of the things that I say online. Marcus is like, Justin, you're great with social media. You're great at taking pictures. You know, uh, would you want to come work for uh, my program? I'm like, no, what do you do? He said, come to the Lincoln building. And so when I got there, he was like, "Um, you heard about Growing Kings? I was like, yeah, I heard about Growing Kings. I know what you're doing with Growing Kings, but I'm thinking it's one of his other business ventures. He was like, well, I want you to work with them. He's like, man, and Norris has told me that you're really good with kids. So he's already checking for me and all this stuff. He's like, man, uh-huh. he's like, I think this would be really good for you. It'll really help out your resume. And you know what I mean? Especially with you got the felon on your record. It'll help people look past that. So mm-hmm. what they did was they sent me to Atlanta for a week. And I did a week training learning how to relate to children in the ghetto as if I wasn't black. <laughs> and as if I, no, no. But yeah, you need them you, skills because it's certain know, stuff right. that you got to be like, able to. No, you're right. Cause your ass been and got to arguing with right, one of them no, kids. What you? How you gonna change me, little motherfucker? I'm trying to help you. Well, fuck you yeah. then. And then you fighting them. That happened. But anyway, <laughs> uh, they uh, sent me to Wilkerson Middle School. I was able to focus on one kid and also do the um, taking pictures and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. And so, it's hard not to take a liking to nine, ten, eleven, and twelve year olds, especially because the world to them is still so new. And it's things that they don't know. But at the same time, yes. I came from the suburbs. And most of the kids that I, were, um, that I was mentoring and hoping they came from the inner city. Now, granted, I spent a lot of time in the projects coming up. But <clears throat> this ain't that. It's like spending the weekend in the projects every other weekend. But actually living in the projects mm-hmm. is something totally different. Knowing where, knowing where your next Thanks, meal man. is coming from Amen. and wondering whether or not your mom... Mm-hmm or her boyfriend has, mm. has done something illicit with the money or has there's mm. somehow not any way for you to eat. You know what I mean? I didn't have to deal with those things. But there were students that I was um, that I had to uh, deal with that were dealing with these things. You know what I mean? So you hear the sob stories. Like you had hear kids breaking into the school lunchroom, stealing food out of the lunchroom, stuff like that. It was crazy. Where things started to get different is when I we had a group of seventh graders become eighth graders. And that's kind of, I guess, when you get into, yeah, you start to switch gears, right? And so now you have to start getting real with it. Yes. Because they're seeing shit out in the real world that I saw already, but in their mind, this is just how it's going to be all of the time. Like, they're looking at me, Mr. Woods, speak proper. He wears a shirt and tie every day. They don't know that I got an AIS number. And so it got to the point where I had to let them little niggas Mm. know like, this is how it will turn out for you. These are the decisions that you're making. And for them, sometimes they would feel like, well, Mr. Woods, you get paid to do this. You're just telling us this because you get paid. Like, no, bro, I actually care that the oh. prisons are 350% overpopulated. No, I actually care that if you make a mistake, that you could possibly be in there 16, 17, year old, 17 years old, like some of the other young men I was in there with. You know what I'm saying? And there's police officers beating up on you Simply because simply because you're telling them, uh, mm. no, I'm not going to deal with your disrespect. Because it's a real thing in prison. They, they can disrespect you as much as they want to. They beat up on you almost as much as they want to. I mean, I, I'll expose that. Um, but mm. you have to it, I, I, you have to come from, I guess, the, uh, they don't feel like a lot of the times because you're trying to, trying to, I guess, show them the difference between right and wrong. Like you're coming from the perspective of that you care. They think that you're just, you know, being an authority figure for the check. You're you're just, you know what I mean? Because you're an adult, you can tell them what to do. I think when it started turning around for a lot of them is when I started letting them put their hands on my camera. And they Mm -hmm. were able to see themselves the way that I see them, um, so to speak, you know what I mean? And capture all these images. And then they get to turn back around and look at it. That's my gift. And so once you you learn how to connect, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's like Mm -hmm. you you be locked in. You get to see your hits and then you get to see some of your misses. I've had students that have gone to jail. I've had to um, deal with them in our in our um, in our um, diversionary program. I say the hardest thing about mentoring mm. is the real world, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So we get yeah. you out of here on this one, man. And quickly, what did you do to cope as a mentor when you know you can't save mm. them all? 
how do you keep your head on straight? Because I mean, well, this shit is social work, bro. So like, you you take some of yeah. that home with you, like all of that first responder, you, second responder. Like I consider yeah, social you, work second well, responder. As far as the coping part, you focus on the one that you are succeeding with. Mm. And even though I don't work with Grown Kings anymore, now I take pictures with Pleasant Grove's football team, right? And so it's kind of an extension of the same thing. And there's been plenty of times where kids have, have may have needed a little help, and I was able to help them out, able to put a good word in their ear, and shoot, you know, not for nothing, if it wasn't illegal, you know what I mean? Some of the kids, I would give them money for how well their uh, their grades have been, some of the things that they're doing, because I saw where they were, you know what I mean? And I see where they are now. Mm-hmm. They, uh, like, some of the things that Coach LeBeau is um, feeding into them, you can see it outwardly being shown. And a lot of them get their haircut, um, haircut by a brother. And, and a lot of the stuff that Norris, me and Norris are able to feed into these young men, when you're able to see it, see it outwardly when you're able to hear these young men talking like you walking like you it's a beautiful thing so that's the thing that you cling on to the most and i'm saying this not for nothing man because it's not like you're mentoring like all the time people like you're mentoring kids who don't have parents some parents some of these kids are coming from two-parent households they're overworked underpaid mm-hmm. and some of us have to recognize mm-hmm. you are part mm-hmm. of the fucking village and you've got a responsibility to uh to mm-hmm. these youngers that are coming up to the youth that are coming up so yeah yes. so like at first it just, i just wanted fun. to take pictures because you know i went to pleasant grove but then i realized like hey this ain't nothing but an extension of growing kings now you're just at your alma mater you have a duty to the if you're going to be out here you have a duty to these kids so I mean, I, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I cling to the Look fact that there's so many of them that, like, even now when I go out that have graduated and all of this stuff, they hug me and they respect me, not for something tangible that they can't touch, but because they actually saw me out there and I actually made that impact. I wasn't just talking about it. I love you, and as always, man, thank you for the work you put in for the city of Birmingham and trying to make it a better place. Please stop arguing with idiots on oh, Facebook. That was a doozy. And when you stop that, when you stop that, then I'm going to plug your Facebook so people can actually find you <laughs> and see all the great things that you do. I look. <laughs> yeah, Boy. exactly. Boy. Straight chaos. Yeah. We'll talk about that Love a little you, later, man. Appreciate Thank you, you. Justin. All right, man. Yeah, take off this Atlanta hat. The Braves suck. Go Colorado mm. Rockets. That's the squad. That's the squad. Hey, oh, hey, hey, calm that down, man. Calm that down. We I already like you. You don't need to start clowning you now. Welcome back. Go, we get, on, get, on, get, on, get on off the screen. Get on off the screen and go get some chapstick. <laughs> Come back to us later. You're going to be all right. It's going to be all right. All right, y'all. Stay up. All right, Justin. <laughs> After the break, we're going to find out about some mentorship positions that are available in the city of New York. We're going to have my man Gary back on and find out about the way. And there's some good money. It's good money in mentoring. Mm. Man, a lot of stress. I know my brother just talked about all that stress he went through. He was getting a check. He wasn't, mm. he wasn't taking no pictures for growing kings for free. I guarantee you that shit. <laughs> John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Job fair, we back in it. Thank you to my little brother as always. Agent of chaos. Leave him alone. With that aside, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the program UPS Truck Unloader of the Year. <laughs> Not. <laughs> Nineteen ninety-four. <laughs> he won. He won UPS Rookie Handler of the Year in ninety-four. <laughs> Let's, After an impressive three-day stint. Let's, what? let's explore the world of employment and jobs and mentorship. JG, who are we welcoming back on the program now? 
And we have Friends of Children New York, Gary Clemens. He's the executive director. Oh, executive. Okay. And Friends of New York is a model that has been working for over 25 years. And 95% of the students graduate from high school. Graduate from high school. That's what I'm talking about. So, Gary, let's get it in and talk about Friends of New York. Now, when they tried to explain to me what you all do, my mouth was hanging open when we met at the fundraiser. And that's the thing that, like, it wasn't so much what you were doing, but just also so much support and love for you in the city of New York. And, you know, and I'm not pocket watching JG, but they get donations. They definitely get donations because this type of operation, number one, is not easy. This is not an easy undertaking to ask someone to commit more than a decade of their life to being a beacon of light for someone else. But it's also something that costs a little bit of money. So just break down exactly what your company is before we get into the position. Yeah. So what we do, um, we look for families that have been impacted by systems, specifically the criminal justice and foster care system. If they have a child between the age of four and six, we match them with a paid professional mentor for 12 and a half years. So we start with the kids between the age of four and six and we stay with them all the way until the child graduates from, from, from high school. Um, and with that, um, so that's one thing that makes us unique is that we're looking for people that have been impacted by, the, by most of most systems. But the other thing is that we pay our mentors. So a lot of times, uh, you know, it's volunteer mentors, which those are, are great, but because we're working with a certain population and we want people to stay around, we pay our mentors. So it's a full-time job. So it's a 40-hour week job. Each mentor has eight to 10 kids they're responsible for, and they spend four hours a week with each uh, family, each child year round for 12 and a half years. Um, mm. And so we just believe in that consistency. Um, so we work with the kids, but then we also work with the families. So we connect families to mental health resources, housing resources, uh, job. They want to continue their education. So it's just a really holistic model that we're really just trying to support the, support the families. I think you're being very modest he right is. now. Yes. Because from the research I did, 60% of the parents are impacted by the criminal justice system, but 95% five percent of the students avoid the criminal justice system that's something to talk about no yeah no yeah no it's it's something that um you know we pride ourselves in and i believe that consistency i think everybody knows you know how uh certain systems impact just disproportionately impact impact black black and brown people and because of that instability a lot of times Mm -hmm. kids have a hard time they have people coming in and out of their lives and what this model does is really add that stability Mm -hmm. back into their lives so they have that consistent adult and then we also you know like i said help the parents to make sure um they have somebody too because a lot of our parents you know they they might not have the extended family that you know everybody on on the zoom has but they they but they they need support too and so they have this other person that's kind of cheerleading them along and kind of really encouraging them uh and then you know 100 percent of our kids go off um um either to college or they have a are they gainfully employed or they enlist in the military when they're done with our program yes. as well. Wow. How is this job different from social work? From being a social Yeah, worker? no, that's it. I guess in, in that sense, because you because the moment you use the word like they have four or five families, my brain instantly went caseload, but you also didn't call it that. So mm. what what is how does this differ yeah, in that no. sense? <clears throat> Say like child services just sticking their head in the door and make sure everybody got some clothes. It's yeah, that, that's part of our culture. We don't use like caseload. We use roster um, because we, we we don't you know we don't want to. Mm-hmm. For me, um, you know, we we want it to be part of the extended family. You know, we want to we kind of take a really informal approach because I think a lot of you know therapists and social workers those those positions are really good. Uh, probation officers those days those things coming in out of kids' lives, but we want somebody where the kid looks at them. Mm-hmm. And really like, no, this is like family. This is money I can really go to. This is money I, I can trust. Uh, so it does become like a big brother, big sister. Um, you know, we, we gender match. Uh, so that's something that makes us unique too. So a lot of nice. times in this field, in social uh, uh, services field, there's a lot of women that are doing great work. I and mean, you don't find a lot of men, but this, we, we gender match. So we have an equal amount of men and women that are working with these kids. Um, and so we're working with 250 kids. Mm. Uh, in Harlem in the South Bronx. Yeah, and then our budget's about 
$4 million to be raised by $4 million a year to do this work. Yeah, support the families for 12 and a half years, no matter what. I really like how you keep talking about supporting the family, because a lot of times when sometimes you go in and you mentor in certain situations, sometimes the mentor may have more influence than the parents may have, and the parents kind of bristle at the idea of the people like a, like why are you all I, up I, in my bed yeah. right like well, you know say he got a daddy why are you here <laughs> i'm here that's real shit right and and i like i like how you keep saying that it's a holistic approach an, an informal approach to doing something like that because a lot of times there's a certain barrier that you have to break i, I kind of want you to talk about that if you don't mind like i that's that's a a deep part of mentorship that i don't normally hear people discussing is as far as like trying to make sure that that relationship with the family doesn't become something of a bristle for like a yeah no no i'm glad you picked up on that because a lot of times um when people get social services it's like court mandated or they're going through some type of crisis but what we do um we do a referral system so we kind of reach out to them and say hey we got this great program you want to be a part of it and a lot of times the family like i don't know who you are they like why are you trying to come into our house and you want to support us for 12 and a half years and, and, and they're looking at us, you know, kind of sideways. And, you know, I've, I've been fortunate to, to do some of those sign on, we call them sign on meetings. And some of them take 20 minutes, but other, other ones take like two hours because they just grilling you. They're trying to figure out, like, why you want to yeah. take my five year old out? Like, what's, you know, what's what's going on? And, and, mm. and you got to build, yes. build trust with them. And, and they, you know, they they kind of like, are you going to judge me? Are you trying to replace me? All these things mm. that you got to like get out. And that's part of like why our program works too is because sometimes it might take two years for a family to kind of even let you in their house. Like at first they might meet you at a coffee shop, but it might take you two years. Mm-hmm. They like, you know, you gonna you gonna leave, you know, you're gonna be in my kid's life for a little bit, but you're eventually you're gonna leave. But after two years, they like this person wow. showed up every mm-hmm. week for two years. Come come on in. And they start, you know, coming in, you know, and you then you come in and they get really get to know you. Um so and and, and we don't judge them. So regardless of you know, somebody might, you know, go to jail one night or be gone for, for a couple of months or they might lose their job or whatever their house looks like. It, do, it doesn't matter to us. To me, it's just, uh, you know, we, we there. But, and I, I think another part that's good is that we find people from the communities that we serve, too. So that's another thing. We're trying to employ mm-hmm. people that went on and got a college degree and they want to go back and working hard in the South Bronx, Brooklyn, and we, we employ them and we put them back. So, you know, I know that's another big part of it is people that kind of have walked the path of these families and these kids. So they have somebody that, that they know, mm-hmm. you know, they know that they've been through whatever they, they've gone, they're going through. Let's stay right there then. Let's talk a little bit about the positions and what you all are looking for. And uh, if you can discuss the pay, I know Jacqueline want to know that too. Jacqueline, Jacqueline, <laughs> just get that out the way. But yeah, the type of applicants Please. you're looking for and just kind of the background, just give us some specifics on the position. Yeah, so we're, we're this spring we'll hire four mentors that we're going to bring on 32 new kids this year. And so we're hiring two Please. females and, and two males this year. We're looking for people that reflect the population that we serve. So they're from the communities that we serve. They have at least an AA degree. If you don't have that, we can still talk. And then they, they, they work with kids at least three years. So they work with the population for at least three years. Uh, and they're willing to make a three-year commitment to us. Again, you know, like we keep talking about, continuity is really important for us. So they got to make at least a three-year commitment. Mm-hmm. Our average mentor stays for five years. If you, you know, reach out, you know, friendsnewyork.org, you can follow up with us and, and, and then we'll connect you and, and put you through the rounds of interviews. It's, it's four rounds to go through. And then, yeah, the pay is between 45 and 50, 50K. Start you out, we pay for all your benefits, so full benefits. Yes, sir. And you join a great team as well. So each each mentor has a supervisor they report to, and they meet each week. They're on teams, so they have their team they can, they can go to for support. And they also have their manager that they can work with it as well. So each dollar invested into a child returns $7 into the community. Again, impressive. Yet, what those numbers don't capture is the value of changing a life. If you can, please share one of those success stories. Yeah, no, I I, I was a mentor. Believe it or not, I was a mentor. I've been with the organization for 14 years. And um, my man, uh, Reg, who's, I hope I don't embarrass him because I know he, he's in college now. Uh, but Reg, uh, you know, he was a, a kid that, as a matter of fact, the first day we we hung out, 
I was like, what you want to do? We want to play basketball. And Reg was like, okay, we got on the basketball court. He's five years old. Kid, he's five years old. And he was like, what are we going to bet? Let's bet $100. So this kid looked at me, and I was like, $100? I was like, do you have it? He's like, I'm going to win. Don't worry about it. Oh. And we, then we start playing. And oh. like, you know, he missed two shots or whatever. He like, man, you know, fuck this game. And he kicked the ball, and he started quit. He started uh-huh. crying and whatever. But we kept, he kept coming back. And, you know, I was patient. He'll come back after he, you know, throw a fit. And then, um, you know, but I, I, then he, but he kept playing. So the game up to seven took like an hour because of all the fits that he was throwing or whatever. And so, but uh, every time he hung out, every week he wanted to play basketball. So I think what the, what the friends do really well is use things that the kids are really passionate about. And we use that to work on some of the skills. So like with Reg, we had to work on some of his, uh, his anger management skills and some of, and, and how he, cause he was just throwing fits. And so, because another thing with Reg, yeah. his his first grade year, he was suspended like 14 times from cussing out the teacher, mm-hmm. flipping over desks, a whole bunch of things. I was yeah. thinking, man, that's a hard yeah. five-year-old, yeah. first of all, to <laughs> bet you $100 <laughs> on the court. And then, and then yeah. guarantee the win? Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. a, that's a New York City kid if I ain't never heard one, bro. That is yeah. a night so, so we kept them, um, but every, every week we're going to play basketball, and so – I would teach him how to um, self-manage during basketball. So I would try to steal the ball, uh. block his shot on purpose, but then I'll talk him through it. I said, you know, when you get angry, what are some things that you can do? Could you call a timeout? Um, yes. You know, could you come up with a strategy to kind of offset whatever I'm doing and just kind of talk him through those things. And each week he started picking up, like either when he got mad, he was like, I need a break right now. Instead of like just kicking the ball and cursing, he said, I need a break. Mm. Or, you know, I told him to, you know, count to 10 or something like that. And then what yeah. the friends do, they also spend half their time in class in the classroom with the child. So what I started to do with him in the classroom, I'd be like, Rez, this is just like the basketball game. I know this math problem is giving you fits. What could you do? Could you ask the teacher for a timeout? Could you, you know, could you count to 10 or mm-hmm. something like that? And then he it started registering slowly but surely. And so like his second grade year, he was suspended 11 times. Uh, so a little in, in improvement. Another thing that friends do is yes. try to really find places to build their confidence so you know kind of like that front fundraiser that you went to i asked Reg to speak at a fundraiser because i wanted um him to build his confidence so we bought him a suit we gave him a speech coach i invited his second grade teacher to that and his mom just so so everybody can kind of see him in a positive light because he was that kid that everybody saw in a different light and so he he killed it he did a great job with the speech um, so, you know, then after that, he used to ball this, um, the suit up in his bed book bag and put it on at, at lunchtime and come out like, I'm, I'm Obama, I'm Obama. And that was just this little dude. <laughs> and then his third grade year, you know, he wasn't suspended at all. And so, you know, a little, you know, slowly by shortly, he just started getting better at school. And like I say, he, you know, he's a sophomore in, in college now. And so the program supported him, you know, and, and I remember, his first grade year, they wanted to put him in a behavior school. They were trying to ship him off and like saying like really? this kid, I don't think he can make it. And and that's, you know, I, I was, I was just like, nah, this kid, I think he can stay, you know? And I just, I'm glad I was I advocated for him and, and to stay and, and, and to, it's good to see him in college. So I think, yeah. You know, man, props, props to you, brother. Props to yeah. you, props you. to you, man. Like, uh, those kids, those kids, and they're in like the first, second. My my mother in law would would if she could hear us right now would run up the steps and be like, third grade is the most important grade, because uh, when you're a young when you're a young black kid, especially a young black male, if you have any kind of what they perceive to be emotional issues, the first thing they're gonna do is say that you got special needs or you got anger and this that Shit and the other. And it may not be may not be anything wrong with you at all. It may not be nothing wrong with you at all, other than the fact that you don't have somebody teaching you how to mitigate your anger in your on your own time. But, you know, they'll they'll write you off in the third and fourth grade quick to say that you're learning disabilities or that you got some kind of problem or they'll make it sound like it's a problem when it ain't one. You know, I, I really appreciate that, man. That's that's just that's a dope story. The website really- is friendsnewyork.org. The brother is Gary Clements. Thank you so much for all that you do for Thank the youth you. of New York because that ultimately impacts the rest of this country and ultimately the rest of the world. I hope to run into you at four in the morning at a fruit stand with New York City Mayor Eric. Gary, no, no, Gary. Uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Thank you so thank much you. for coming on the job fair. Thank you. The first time Buddy kicked that basketball, I'd be like, all right, well, we ain't playing basketball no more. <gasps> <laughs>
better let him know, bro. And that's how I do it with my son. Well, fuck so it then. You don't want to play no basketball? You don't want to play. You don't want to play. But I don't even know why I bought you them damn Jordans. But now. God put me in the right place to help elevate people like yes. Devin Frazier with I See Me Inc. And people like the homie Gary. That's the show. Royce Job Fair is a production of Comedy Central, iHeartRadio, South Park and Princeton Productions. It's been a good, it's been a good month. Here in the yes. Deuce Deuce, we start. Do we start Black History Month next? No, we got one more. It's always Black no, History no. Year. Yeah, next mm. month is Black History Month. Oh, ooh, so that mean we get to be really, really black? Like, I mean, I, we, we, I mean, or do we, or do we still try to stay? You know, um, like and we, I mean, we, we're pretty black normally, but I mean, like, are we going like Patrice Lumumba, um, like serious interior black? Like, we'll what are we go doing? extra black. Know. We'll go extra black next week, and if the ratings go down, we'll go back mainstream. <laughs> what? I'm all for it. Gotta, gotta respect the metrics. So you saying? So you saying we having Dr. Umar on next week to talk about his school? Is that what you said? Listen, we, I didn't say we was gonna go for a whole tip. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm just checking. I didn't know. We're going to go Kwanzaa level black. You know? Please don't rate us in February. Please no, do not please rate us in February. Please don't <laughs> rate us in February. It's going to be a blackening. 2022, the blackening. Let's go. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.